Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Well, thank you, Dick Warren, and uh, thank you, dear listener, for being with us again for another edition of The Coaching Show, because I'm a genius at naming things. That's right. It's a show about coaching. Uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, and with me, as always, are you? would you consider yourself a, a sidekick, a junior partner? Uh, what uh, is the incredible <laughs> Alex Terranova, PCC, Professional Certified oh Coach? Oh, my God. As long as, I'm, as long as you don't think of me like a Robin... You know, Robin, Robin, was so, Robin. Robin was so unnecessary and kind of pathetic. And it was like, <laughs> it was like Batman's kid brother, you know, and he was just kind of like, unless Batman was in a really bad spot, it was kind of bad that Robin was ex existed. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to lie. I like this because uh, because I get to be Batman in this, which is sort of the fulfillment of a lifetime dream. But uh, let's talk about that relationship. There's a lot to unpack there. Batman and Robin. He was a ward. I don't know what that is. And he was a young man who lived in an old man's, old rich man's house. There's a lot. It's, it's very Roman or Greek, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was Socratic. Yes, I get it. A whole a whole new spin on the Socratic method. Um, uh -huh. But was it platonic? Well, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, you, uh, anything uh, up with you? I, I mean, I'm looking in your in your video right now, and it looks like you got a fancy new mug. My accomplishment media mug. Yeah. Do you not have one of these? I don't have one of those. Oh well, I I can hook you up. Do you have thirty five bucks? <laughs> it looks nice. It looks good. I'm so sorry you don't have one. Yeah, we made these special. It's uh, it's really beautiful. I think you. I think these have been made since. Uh, you know, the, the um, COVID has dawned on the globe. So I don't think I've been, I haven't seen you in person. Your envy of this cup is a little awkward for me. I just noticed, you know, I noticed things about you. That's what a good sidekick does. You know? <laughs> that's, what a good, what a, that's what a good ward does. I tell you, you look you know, handsome wow. and, and your shirt looks nice and that you have a nice mug. Although based on what you've told me about where you're staying, where you're currently living, I feel like I should come and live in your house. Yeah, that would make things interesting. Did I tell uh, you I'm, I'm moving? Did I tell you that? You, you told me you haven't shared it on this podcast yet. Do you want to, do you want to make it official? Well, it's not official. I'm, I'm uh, uh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> We're, um, look, there are a lot of people who are hurting. A lot of people are suffering and grieving. And a lot of people are, um, you know, insecure about everything from their finances to their food. And so it, feels cavalier to point out but after having been home uh so i want to own that but after having been home for you know like most of us for seven months now um we realized that we would like a different home so we went to shopping thinking maybe next year the year after that and then of course we fell in love with a place and we've got a a home that we're moving to and i'm very conscious that you know people moving houses is not a um necessarily a popular or sensitive topic these days yeah especially when the house you found love with is the hearst castle you know <laughs> that's, right. that's right the moat is a little intimidating i think yeah. um you know what that's you you do bring up a really interesting point you know when when people talk about how they're doing right now and if they happen to be doing better than most or they maybe they're doing great you know for mm -hmm. some people 2020 has not been a terrible year um 
I, I often feel like I'm one of those people. Like for me, I was, there's obviously things I can't do and there's heartbreak and there's sadness and there's so much feeling of like, how can I do more for others? And in my kind of tiny bubble that is my personal life, uh, things of like this year has been actually really great. And I think you bring up a good point where it's like, it's kind of awkward or hard to talk about sometimes if you're present to what's going on for, other, for so many other people, right? And in other years, you would have just been like, oh, I'm buying a new house. You might've been excited. I would be sharing all my wins, which is funny because in any year, there's millions of people that are having hardship. You know, this 2020 right. isn't special. It's, there were starving people before 2020. There were sick people before 2020. It just seems like it's in our face in 2020. Yeah, and arguably 30 million people suddenly out of work, at least in the United States. Uh, globally, you know, pr probably much worse. I'm, I'm uh, sorry, that was a ridiculous statement. I'm distracted because I'm eager to do two things. One is to correct something that I've said, or at least acknowledge that I may have said something incorrect. And the other is to get to our guests. But before I do that, anything that you want to share with the class, anything that you've got uh, going on, brewing, different changes, new awarenesses? I, I mean, I, I want, I kind of want to share, I mean, I'd love to talk, you know, chair a minute about this program that we just launched that, you know, get loud for a second, because it's going to be, it's going to be something that anybody listening eventually can get involved in. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so me and you and uh, one of our amazing colleagues, Denise Yamada, launched a program with Accomplishment Media and Accomplishment Coaching, what, two weeks ago, um, called Get Loud, which is a baby that, you know, I kind of birthed with the two of your partnerships and that's assistance. An, and, that's an ugly visual, yeah. And, and teamwork. And I, it could not have been, it's, it's, I think it's one of the coolest things about it is it could not have existed in the way it exists without all three of us, mm. like all three of us. And there's other people that have supported us, but this new program about amplifying your voice in the world and showing up and, you know, having a message and understanding how to get it out there and who needs to hear it and what your mode is, you know, is it a talk, a podcast, a, a YouTube channel, a book, um, was really a, a beautiful, um, collaboration between a bunch of minds that that created this new thing and we had so much excitement around it we actually like had to tell some people that they they couldn't do it which was i think like really unfortunate and sad but also at the same time very cool to think like hey this is so many people want to do this thing yeah and, um i'm just really excited because it's the beginning of something new that i think is going to really help a lot of coaches to really do things like this, right? Like whether it's, a, it's the coaching show or some other way that they really want to make an impact using their voice. I'm excited. And uh, thank you so much for all of your hard work. It's generous of you to include us, but I know this was mostly your baby. Um, again, get loud. Where is it available? Can we get it on the webs or not yet? Not yet. Right okay. now, if you're, if you're a part of a, con if you've been a graduate of accomplishment coaching or you're an affiliate, you have to be an affiliate, a grad. Those two things would have to go together. True. But if you're uh, if you have uh, if you're an alumni essentially of accomplishment coaching, uh, it is available for you. But it's going to be something that's going to be available to anyone, coaches or non-coaches in the in the future. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, my misstep, the thing that I wanted to clean up is uh, that I have repeatedly said on this here podcast the last couple of weeks that the Midwest Regional, 
ICF conference, right? The ICF Midwest Regional Conference here in the United States is um, canceled this year and rescheduled for next year. And then I got a confusing email that indicated that they may be going forward with it this year virtually which was not the communication I'd received in the previous email. So I apologize if I misspoke. I'm, we've reached out to the uh, organizers of that and I will have an answer for you next week. So you'll wanna be here for that. Meanwhile, um, check it out yourself. You know, go on, the, go on the webs and find out about conferences. As far as I know, those, uh, there are no further conferences this year of note. But if, you, but if that's wrong, please write me. You can always reach out to us at producer at thecoachingshow.com or producer at accomplishmentmedia.com. What? I want to remind everyone, I, we talked about it a few weeks ago, the um, Business Networking International Conference, which isn't specific to coaching, but I know a lot of coaches, have, you know, my business has thrived because of BNI. Right. I shared their conference is coming up in November mm-hmm. and the speakers are unbelievable. I told you this. It's Seth Godin. Seth yeah. Godin and Ken Honda, John Maxwell. And, um, I'm not sure John Maxwell exists. I just see the books, but I've never talked to John. All right. And, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, is it Lisa? I think it's, is it Lisa Sparks? Um, Lisa Nichols. Lisa Nichols. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me. And Lisa Nichols, like I have, she, I've probably heard her or know the least about her, but I've heard her speak once oh, or she's twice amazing. and was blown away yeah. on podcasts that she was on. I am, I mean, Plus I have the shoes are amazing. I, uh, I, I have it like it's, and it's under a hundred bucks. They're replaying all those talks multiple times. Cause it's in, I think they're airing it Austra- in Australia, okay. um, but it's definitely worth it to just to get those, you know, those four voices. Well, um, uh, thank you very much for that. And I definitely want to do that. And I keep forgetting. So thanks for bringing it up. Okay. Let's get to our show. Cause I cannot wait to talk to our guest. Um, if you, like I had met this person and in a social, I I am aware of Vikram through the Association of Coach Training Organizations, ACTO. Uh, A bunch of coach trainers get together at least once a year and work on different things together. And um, I I just thought this is a delightful, intelligent, fun guy. Then don't you love it when you find out that the people that you're sort of naturally think are great are actually very deep and brilliant geniuses. He is the founder of Integrity Consulting and Leadership That Works India. He's also the president-elect now of ACTO and serves on the board of the Indian Society for Applied Behavioral Science as Dean of Diversity Outreach and Partnering. An extraordinary genius of a human being, been a coach uh, since 2004, as well as an OD practitioner and a coach educator since 2010. We're delighted to welcome to our microphones all the way from Mumbai, Vikram. And Vikram, will you say your last name for me so I don't massacre it? It's, hey, Chris, hi. Uh, hi. It's Vikram Bhatt. 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 Okay, yes. I'll practice that and I'm sorry for <laughs> not well, having done it before. Vikram works, Vikram works. I'm delighted to be here and thank you for that introduction, Christopher. Thank you for being with us. Um, Alex, I'm I'm gonna you're gonna have to ease edge your way in here because there are so many things I want to talk about. The first, Vikram, because of um, my work with the Association of Coach Training Organizations (ACTO), mm-hmm. I'm aware that we've now had two years of leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had multiple years of leadership by white women from North America, and mm-hmm. the last two years we've really focused on diversity. So, as the mm-hmm. incoming, as the president-elect, the first person of 
color and from you know a different continent what uh sure. what are your goals and are you are you concerned that you're going to have to sort of represent or carry the weight of all non-white people or BIPOC people, uh, you know, mm. as, as you move forward in this? Well, that concern felt very real when I joined ACTO, uh, which was about two years back, uh, the board, but it doesn't feel very real because we have a great board and uh, we are working as a team. We are challenging each other. We're doing our own work, looking at our own uh, blind spots. And I think it, it feels like we're all carrying the weight. Uh, and, and we're reaching that sweet spot. It's, it, you know, Hallie kind of initiated a lot of this work, Hallie McNabb. And then uh, Jody has been leading. She's the current president and I will take over uh, next year. Uh, but it feels like we're all working together towards creating a legacy. Uh, and this is solid foundational work, which will probably last for the next decade or so. So it doesn't feel like that. What I'm excited about is getting at least 50% of the board to have representation from all over the world. Uh, and, and that's joyful that I also get to bring my voice in here. You were talking about loud voice expression. It's important. And uh, actors inspired me because I would have never imagined that I would be invited to the actor board and be able to serve and express myself. So no, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Uh, My, yeah, sorry. No, I was, I mean, I'm just curious what, you know, I've never, being somebody who is bringing and practicing coaching on different continents mm -hmm. with different mm -hmm. people, I'm, I'm the first thing I'm curious because we haven't met before and Christopher mm -hmm. clearly is in love with you, um, <laughs> is, is what, what's the biggest, difference you see for, for coaches like me that, you know, have, that aren't practicing maybe on different continents or aren't, you know, working with coaches on different continents. What's the biggest difference you see between what you experience yeah. like in India or in other places or here in the U.S.? Great question. And I think uh, it differs from being in the Middle East to India to Thailand, Southeast Asia, if you're coaching in Africa. Uh, I, I, I lay out three, three great distinctions that you know, there are multiple distinctions, but these are the ones that stand out immediately. Uh, the first is around choice making. Uh, you know, uh, North America is a very individualistic culture where choice is respected and individuality is respected. And then the, the further east you go, it starts becoming more and more collective. And so every choice has its own alignment and its own, uh, if I may use the word, payments to make in order for those choices to work. And there are, there are benefits of being in a collective culture and there are, there are alignment challenges of being in a collective culture. So the first big thing for any coach or coach educator is to know that when we support our clients making choices, we are also, we are also getting them to make choices in a system that may or may not work for them. And, and, and for them to build that resilience to make that choice and become successful is really important. Otherwise, it can really hit their self-worth. So, so that, that paradigm needs to be expanded. The, the, the second one is around language. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's part of our colonial hangover as well to have English as the dominant language in the world. And, uh, and then the American accent as the most dominant accent in the world. So both of them are very highly ranked. And what that takes away from a lot of people is a very authentic experience of being coached or coach. And, and the whole idea of creating education and coaching in multiple languages 
in ways where people can emote. And a lot of languages as you go towards the East uh, are, are languages of the heart. Uh, and, and what I've studied about English is it's a very strategic language uh, and brings heart in very, by design. But, you know, so I think just coaching the heart, coaching the mind, coaching the gut, it just changes. It just changes. Uh, I'll give you a simple example. We often talk about how do you feel in your body? And I was coaching somebody in the Middle East and they were offended uh, because I had not taken permission to talk about the body. And that was uh, very humbling for me to even learn that I could ask powerful questions and I'm a good coach if I can, I can be curious and ask powerful questions. And if I'm touching the body and focusing on the body bit, I'm really there in the present, but no, I needed to first get that permission. So permission seeking, seeking becomes very important culturally in different contexts. And I think the same thing would hold true for in North America. What we take for granted here in this part of the world might be very different there. Um, and then the third is uh, just uh, just the, the different isms that exist. So race is a big dialogue right now in the US. Uh, in India, it might be gender and it might be other things like class and caste. And, and so as a coach, we need to be very, very aware about what are the implicit biases? What are the isms? What are the challenges that that particular cultural system has? And how as a coach can I be deeply sensitive and also challenge that? So those are some of the nuances. And part of the vision at ACTO is to actually, actually go out to the world and really understand how coach education needs to happen differently in different parts of the world in order to serve coaching across the world. It's, it sounds like your vision is that mm -hmm. coaches are multicultural, ideally multilingual, mm -hmm. or at least very fluid in the different isms, cultures, and language idioms and, and um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sort of social requirements. Is that mm -hmm. a realistic goal in your mind? I mean, is it better that we work in our own cultures because we know it so well and that's where people can be comfortable? Or is it important that, you know, mm -hmm. someone like me who lives on the West Coast of America is actually <clears throat> fluent in or familiar mm -hmm. with the cultures and mores of uh, the Middle East, for example? Mm -hmm. Great question. No, I don't think so. My goal or expectation, and I think that would be too presumptuous to is to believe that every coach will be multilingual and multicultural and understands the whole world. No, but can we be culturally humble uh, and curious to know that we don't know and we will meet, meet the other. And it's important not to project what we see as the other onto the other. That's, that's really important. Beautiful. So it's not the, uh, sorry, Alex, I'm just following yeah. up on my own question, which is, so it's not that we have to become experts in all of these things, but what, mm. what I really hear is being self-aware and recognizing mm. the limitations of our own worldview, our own language and our mm. own isms, as you so beautifully said, man, I, uh, one of the reasons I love talking to you is these phrases colonial hangover, cultural humility. These sound like great album titles if you ever get into music, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Alex? I wanted to be a musician before I became a coach, so my, why not? <laughs> I mean, your hair is perfect. You're good to go on the hair, you know. Um, let's look at how, you know, you just shared a lot, a lot. I just learned a lot about, mm. you know, the differences between cultures and how you approach it. How does this 
maybe it connects, maybe it doesn't with your goals or priorities for ACTO? Mm-hmm. I think it very connects with the actor and I'm not the only one who who is holding this vision. I think the entire board is holding this vision and we, we have an amazing board right now, which is diverse. Uh, and, and, and we've also designed a process where we want to reach out and create membership and include and invite membership that is not represented within the coaching world or in the coach education world. And, and there's some amazing work being done. My colleagues, some of them have, uh, you know, been on your show, like Sukari Pinock and, and Jody, of course, you know, and, you know, a couple of other folks who are really working on, on making this happen. Um, so I think it very much uh, resonates. Uh, we, we've had some challenges at ACTO. We, we've also been told that, hey, you guys are totally focused on DEI and you guys are about coach education and excellence in coach education. And are you too much about social justice and DEI? And what we say is, no, we are both. It's a both and. Uh, and this has to be the integration. It has to be something that's seeped into the DNA of what we do if you really want to say that coach education and coaching is for 7.8 billion people on the planet, and it's not just for about a hundred million. And that's, that's the scale we are talking about, right? Um, so yes, it is very much in, in the scope of what we're doing. The exciting thing about ACTO is, and this is something that I do want to talk about is hopefully this current board. And as we keep doing this work over the next two, three years, we will move to evolutionary paradigms. And I often distinguish an evolutionary paradigm as opposed to a revolutionary paradigm where you're not fixing a problem, but you're designing for life conditions and you're designing for systems that allow for the emergence of best of us. And, and that's where ACTO is going to. How do we energize um, and invigorate coach education in a way where all of us as coach educators are excited about the 7.8 billion? and how to reach there and how to truly listen and be curious. Uh, so Alex, the simple answer to your question is it is in alignment and it is work in progress. And the vision would be incomplete without getting the membership and those who we want to serve their voice in. It just can't be the 10 people on the board. It's a beautiful and very ambitious um, mm-hmm. vision. I want to acknowledge some of the work that ACTO's done or is doing mm-hmm. in process uh, mm-hmm. this year. Some of it I'm aware of, and I'm sure a lot of it we're not. What are some of the things that you are proud of or delighted that have uh, come uh, or are coming out of ACTO this year? And again, ACTO is the few. Association of Coach Training Coach. Organizations for our listeners. Go ahead. Absolutely. ActoOnline.org, in case you're interested to visit. Um, well, there are three or four things that I'm deeply proud of at ACTO amongst the many things. Uh, one, uh, we've had two conferences back to back over the last two years, uh, where we had speakers from all over the world talking about issues of equity, talking about neurodiversity, talking about cultural competence, uh, looking at how the ICF competencies can be uh, seen from the identity lens. Uh, so that's been a very rich ground for dialogue. And uh, the last conference that we had was completely virtual online because of the pandemic. And it was super successful because we had people from different parts, all, all the continents really. And, and that was very, very gratifying to experience. Uh, that, that's something that we are very proud of. Uh, the second thing we are very proud of is the kind of work that we're doing on ourselves. Uh, we've had We've invested in, uh, you know, some leading practitioners of diversity work to come in uh, and look at how we are handling power, how we are ranking 
each other, how we are looking at our own board culture and what are the principles by which we are operating. And, and the board is stronger because of that. Uh, so just the, the ability to be authentic and do our own work is really, really important. Uh, we have a great series of forum series where Jason is leading uh, and bringing in some of very interesting speakers from all over the world who keep talking about the innovations and the edge things around coach education. And I feel very excited about that. And we have had an amazing piece done on ethics of coach education. Uh, there, there's, there was no formal board body which actually spoke about what are the ethics of doing coach education. We have a lot of work done on the ethics of coaching. And ACTO is going to be publishing very soon online a series of modules, tutorials, information, knowledge on the ethics of coach education. So as you can see, the multiple pieces of work uh, as we speak, and I'm not part of that, uh, all the white folks on the board are actually working through a white affinity group and working on themselves and looking at how, uh, you know, the whiteness impacts themselves and others. So, so, so these are some of the things that make me feel actors home. It's beautiful. I know that it's Alex's turn to talk, but I want to, um, acknowledge especially the coaching ethics work. I was privileged to work mm. with the ICF on their sort of mm -hmm. defining what coaching ethics and uh, adjudicating ethical issues. And I was astonished at what was mm. occurring in certain, very few mm. coach education institutions that was horribly unethical and really deeply yeah. disturbing and privileged to work to sort of eradicate that and adjudicate that and deal with that. So I'm very, very focused on the ethics of coach education. When will we be able to see and what will we be able to see there? And then Alex, I promise uh, to let you talk. Uh, I think it should be uh, the last that I know of, which I think we spoke yesterday. So that's pretty recent information. Uh, we should have that up on our website in the next two months, uh, including CCUs with ICF. So if anybody's going through the course, they can also you know, see it as continued education. There's one more thing I must add. Marsha Reynolds has also been leading a particular task force on trainer competency. And so what ACTO will also, you'll see early next year is a set of trainer competencies being rolled out. And if any coach education school anywhere in the world wants to look at what are the threshold competencies to do good coach training, they can actually go through this orientation and also contribute. So this is, you know, different kinds of things. I completely Gosh, forgot about that. I'm sorry. I, I hope I pass after 20 years. I hope I, <laughs> Alex. You, um, I, this, I actually want to hear from both of you on this because mm -hmm. You know, when for new for newer coaches, people newer in the field, or maybe people who have been at it a long time but never even considered this, um, like I've never thought to be somebody who would be like on a board or be on act, you know, acto or on like a, you know, like like if I had kids, I can't, I don't, wouldn't think of myself being on like the PTA or whatever. It's just not something I would think that I would get involved in unless I was really upset about something. Um, but I'm curious from both of your experiences, why new coaches might want to, should want to, why coaches that have been at it a long time and maybe haven't even pondered it or considered it, why they might want to or should you see for, mm -hmm. for, for coaches like that? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want me to go first, Chris? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little story. Uh, we had an Asia Pacific coaching conclave conference last year in India. Uh, it was very well attended, 400 plus people. And I was involved in some of the work there. I was sponsoring some of the stuff. 
And uh, when we were talking about who ACTO is and what's relevant, uh, some of the organizers who were coaches themselves and who were excited about bringing a lot of coaches in Asia together actually said this, hey, Vikram, this is so important because we as coaches don't know what good coach education is. And sometimes we get lost between good marketing uh, and what's the authentic experience that I want for my own transformation to serve the audience that I want to really coach. And, and so there is a huge need there for, you know, a body like ACTO, the coach training body of ICF, the coach training family and other such bodies to really help coaches make authentic choices. And, and for coach educators to up the game, uh, to not, not end up saying we've done our bit and now we're gonna roll this for the next 20 years, but, but really say, I wanna renew myself every year. The other big hope that I have for ACTO, and I hope this comes true, is I would love for coach educating schools to start collaborating together, to start working together, because that's where the real fun is going to happen. Hey, there are 7.8 billion people on this planet. There's so many people to coach, and there are so many people who are going to become coaches. If you start synergizing together, it's just going to evolve the way we coach educate, and hence how coaching happens. So... You know, if coaches become aware about this and ask for it, coach educators are going to become aware and alert to it, which is going to change the way coaching happens. That's how important it is. As usual, Vikram has addressed the most important issues, I think. I, I would point to that coach education is an interesting subset of the world. In other words, one of the things, you know, if you go to, let's say you're an engineer and you went to, Yale or MIT or something, right? You know that you like your school, but you also know it's just part of a larger school environment, right? There are other schools with other people who think their school is the best. However, in coach education, once you're going through some of the major coach training programs or organizations, there's sort of a, a almost an insular experience that people have, like ours was the best and these coaches are the best and these are the ones I know. And we almost never go out except as a representative of our, you know, right, holy and true program, right, um, in the world. And so one of the things that I love about ACTO, and I think is the real, uh, Vikram points to the real promise slash opportunity of ACTO, ACTO, is to, in a world where everyone is insular and thinking theirs is the best, their coach training or their cohort or their group or their um, class, school, is the best is we can actually compare. A few years ago, I um, engaged a firm, I think they're a public relations specialist, to do survey of coach training organizations because I was interested as a purveyor of coach training, what, what, what else was out there. And I was astonished because what they found was in this particular survey that I commissioned, and as I said, I think it was 2017, um, about the top nine programs, at least in North America, all were basically saying the same thing on their website. And if you contacted them, they all, they each thought that theirs was the only one that produced transformation, uh, long lasting relationships, you know, all the things. And that we each thought that we were the only ones and yet we're all doing the exact same thing. And I don't mean the curriculum, I mean the, the coach training experience. So I think that when Vikram speaks of evolution that's exactly right that having a broader view you know i'm i'm it's always fun to go to acto for me to go to the conferences or to be in a meeting because 
each of us still with absolute respect and love for my colleagues and my competitors, we each still have a little bit of, you know, holding our cards close to the vest and not really giving it up. But you, you show me your card and maybe I'll show you my card. And so the, the opportunity is exactly as Vikram says, uh, real cooperation, real awareness of what is mm. best practice, best approach, best uh, coach in the coach training world, as opposed to, you know, keeping our installation up and building, to your point, Alex, earlier, a moat around our school so as to prevent any information to come in or out. Thanks for the question. Yeah, like the the MI6 and the CIA, and that's what coaching schools are now. (laughs) Exactly right. Alex. No, thanks for, I think, so basically what I, just because of what I heard is the reason you'd want Mm -hmm. to do this is to Mm -hmm. help evolve coaching to mm-hmm. be more educated, essentially. Mm-hmm. 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 And yeah. be more relevant to the world we exist in. Okay. The world is changing and we need to change the way we teach coaching and the way we understand coaching. Exactly. Well, so many of us are, I, I recently did someone else's program, which is never, mm-hmm. it's a terrible idea because although I'm a decent educator, I'm a terrible <laughs> student. Um, one of the things that I was astonished by was how, much of the material seemed old. And so Mm. at a break, I went up to the instructor and I said, you know, this seems like um, not fresh. Mm -hmm. And the instructor was very proud. Yes, I wrote this 25 years ago and it's been powerful, (laughs) you know, each and every time that I've delivered it. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, we all need new breath and new life, right? We need somebody to come in and say, the emperor has no clothes in our um, practices, in our materials, in everything. Mm -hmm. And everything needs Mm -hmm. a refresh and an update. Not this show, but other other things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why to get involved. So Alex, do you want to take the opportunity of our listening to make any declarations about your own participation? Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Did dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Uh, no, not in this moment. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the opportunity, though. Sure. But we'll I think, I mean, I think it's something to to... To look at, I mean, a lot of the coaches I trained with are 
you know, they're part of, you know, they, they're in the leadership of their local ICF chapters. And for me, like, it's been something that's like, I don't, like, I've never mm. understood why, like, what would you, aside from mm. having it, like putting it on your resume. Mm. And I, mm. I'm just not, I'm not going to do things so I can put them on my resume, but it's nice to hear two people talk about what, like what's behind the scenes, why you would do it. Mm. Um, you know, right now I think, um, Christopher, I get it from, uh, it's like, I get it from you. I'm just being around you. I get to absorb from you. <laughs> um, what, you know, from here, I'm, I'm curious to look at like, what is, when you talk about, well, you both kind of talked about this, like mm -hmm. Christopher talked about holding things close to the vest. You talked about, um, sharing and, and that's where the real magic can happen. What does, what would a future look like where that happened? Like what would a future of coaching look like where that so-called magic actually happened? Mm. I'm very excited to talk about that. That's because that's part of my dreaming. Uh, and you're getting me to speak about that. So thank you, first of all, for just grateful. Well, I think at the center of uh, this evolutionary impulse is first let's let's just understand the idea of what does it mean to decolonialize coaching and coach education uh, and, and 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 evolution will happen it is meant to happen in case we start deconstructing and, and, I'll, and I'll explain this through three 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 basic ideas of colonialism or how that's got embedded around the world and I get to experience this because I'm in India I'm a I'm a pretty privileged person here in India uh, and I get to see both sides of the world. So I also get to be less privileged and I get to be super privileged. Uh, so the first idea of colonialism is that somebody is at the center and the rest of the world serves that center. And that's also been designed into coaching and coach education simply because the center designed it at some point. Not because it, it was intentional, but it was part of the systemic bias. Uh, now, what, that, what does that do? That everybody who is at the center believes that what they think and do and operate from and works for them will work for the rest of the world. What happens on the other side, and I'm, I'm kind of polarizing this, but there are a lot of things in the middle as well. It's also, also great. It's not just black and white. On the other, and pun intended, maybe. Uh, on the other side of the world, uh, Somebody who has learned to know that they are not the center, learn to please the center, or conform to the center, or rebel against the center. Now, each of those is a very dysfunctional strategy because the authentic voice and choice never comes through. And there is almost like a gravitational force that you need to work through in order to show up. So, so the first thing the world would look differently, Alex, to your question is, there would be many centers. We just don't think in terms of plural worlds where there can be so many different ways of finding home and there can be so many homes that we have, right? So similarly for coach and coach education. And imagine somebody who's getting coached or somebody who's teaching coaching. Imagine this paradigm existed. How curious would we get about what's possible? Because of this whole center, center non-center dynamic, uh, what naturally happens is, and I, I love to use the word power because a lot of our coaching work and coach education work is actually about understanding power and helping people find authentic forms of power. Uh, 
is is what happens is that there's a lot of rank politics and identity politics that plays out because the closer you are to the center, the higher ranked you are. I know English better. I'm better equipped. Uh, I'm associated with a US-based coach training school. I think the certification holds more value. I'm coaching or coach educating in a language that nobody else will know in the world. Maybe my rank is way less. I'm coaching someone who will never show up outside of his or her community. My rank goes lesser. So this is the rank politics that we want to confront and challenge. Because along with this, there's a lot of shame and blame. And I, often it's internalized shame and blame. And given that as coach educators and coaches, and we are self-aware people and we keep doing our own work, sometimes we are not ruthlessly honest. And we are just not there to call out truth as it is. Which means a lot of the shaming and blaming for self and others kind of gets into the DNA, into our bodies, but we don't talk about it. So that needs to be unpacked. I, I imagine a world that where shame and blame will be replaced by joy and contribution. That's the possibility. And then the last, which is very close to my heart, Alex, is this whole idea of self-worth not coming from how successful we are, but coming from who I am naturally and what's my evolutionary path. Uh, because again, I, I would emphasize this and maybe I'm making this point uh, I'm, I'm hyperboling it, but maybe we, each one of us, 7.8 billion people has a, their own evolutionary path and each person is different. And we have our own communities and maybe those communities don't, for example, my community might not be in India. My community might be in Brazil and in France and US and also in India. And how do I even find that out? Uh, so, so if my idea of success comes not from achieving, but it comes from finding my evolutionary path and being joyful, it would be a very different world. So those are the possibilities. That's how different the world would look like if we, if we challenged this paradigm and enough of us did that. I almost don't want to speak in the space that you've just created. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. By the way, I want to speak to you every day for the rest of my life. I hope that's not <laughs> going to be a problem for you. Um, the At the mm -hmm. risk of taking us away from this powerful point, I want to bring up another, I'm going to call it a point of confusion for me. Mm -hmm. I love your commitment to multiculturalism, to valuing the experience of everyone, to bringing identity awareness to coaching. That to mm -hmm. me seems in a way almost scientific, data-driven, clear, mm -hmm. you know, there are goals and measures that, that we can instill. On the other hand, I know that you have a commitment to intuition and wisdom, inner mm -hmm. knowing, in the field of coaching. And that is the exact opposite, right? We can't measure it. We can't really even mm -hmm. talk about it. And, you know, when does my privilege bias or a lack of awareness get misrepresented as intuition or inner knowing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's mm -hmm. fascinating that you have this very clear, you know, Western, if you will, goal-driven, you know, measurable something. And then on this other hand, this true commitment to wisdom and intuition that I think is terrifying. Will you address that in any way you'd like? I would love to. Uh, and that's part of the work that I do. Uh, and I was 
almost in a cave for a couple of years because I was not even sure of whether I was doing the right thing. And it's only in the last few years I've started talking about intuitive work and how do you develop intuition and how do you how do you integrate it with rationality? That's really important. Uh, intuition by itself or rationality by itself are incomplete. When you bring them together, something amazing happens. And, and that's what I want to talk about. So uh, I, I want to introduce two, two terms from... Uh, my language from India, right, from Hindi and Urdu, uh, to to answer this, and, and and also talk about some disciplines that I believe are very important for coaches and coach education. Eaters. It actually will address this confusion and this polarity that exists, uh, and the confusion is healthy because there's a nice, interesting, creative tension there. Uh, so the first word that I want to introduce is what we call as Sakshi Bhav, uh, Sakshi Bhav, which is being a witness. Uh, and that's really important. And the other word that I want to introduce is Ruhaniyat, which is an Urdu word. Ruhaniyat. Ru is, Ru is the soul in Ruhaniyat. So uh, living from the principles and values of the soul. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to expand this through, through four ideas that are really important for me. And, and please allow me to build this for the next two, three minutes. And then, of course, I can, I can you know, clarify it if it's not reaching well. So the Sakshi Bhav, the being a witness space is really important today in order to bridge this polarity or this opposites. Uh, it, it does, it needs to do two things. Uh, the first one is allow space. What we don't do enough in coach education and coaching is to allow for nothingness allow for wisdom to emerge in a very directed way. It's like a river. You set the channels, you set the banks, you set the path, but then you allow for the water to flow. And, and the other, which is very, very, very important, is the whole idea of listening beyond language. And I'm very excited about this. And this is where intuition comes in because um, you, you, you named something really important, Christopher. Our brain processes data and it processes data and, and, and a lot of data is based on language. There is a structure and there is a codification that happens. But the human experience primarily is beyond language. We have instinctual parts of us. We have intuitive parts of us. Um, we have dreamlike parts of us. So if you want to take in the wholeness of the human experience, we need coaching and coach education to move beyond language. Uh, and I think there's a lot of work being done on movement, on trauma release, on psychodrama and theater coming into coaching. And there might be art coming into coaching, but you know, this can be taken to such, a, such, a, such an intense dimension. So, so the Sakshi Bhav, the witnessing, has to be around listening beyond language and allowing space. When we do that, what often happens is we drop into an unknown place that we didn't know earlier that data would never tell us because there's limitation to data. Data will only help us search for what we ask for. And we need to do that. That's a good practice. And yet, if we want to break through this, we need to go beyond that into the mystery. And that's where the Ruhaniyat comes in, the soul values and soul principles come in. So for me, 
intuitive rationality, which is neither denying rationality, neither denying intuitive wisdom, works together. So I, I'll share with you how it practically works out. For example, I am getting guidance as an intuitive, and Alex used the word psychic right at the beginning of the call. You know, so all of us have the psychic in us in some form, and some of us have developed it, some of, our, some of us are afraid of that. But let's say I get some intuitive wisdom. It's a body sensation, it's a thought, it's a color, it's a sound. I still need to practically understand it and, and discover the purpose why it came to me and how do I manifest it. And that's the energy that lives in my body. And that's where my brain can process and apply it. So if through the allowing, we can allow for the intuition and the rationality to work together, this confusion will not exist. Actually, we'll discover so many different things, but also discard what we don't want. Uh, and part of the confusion, I think, this is my limited answer, Christopher. There might be many more answers to this. Part of the confusion is because we are attached to ideas of ourselves rather than who we really are. And when we start doing the Sakshi Bhav and the Ruhaniyat enough, we'll actually realize I'm not a lot of that. And that's where my intuition and my rationality will then really serve me to find a path ahead. Uh, I'm going to pause there. Um, this lives in me, so I'm, I'm explaining it, but I can unpack it more or just even I'm curious how this is reaching you, right? I'll go. I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, I listen to, I listen to talks by, by Indian gurus, and this sounds like very familiar. Like it sounds like not, it's, it's being presented, you know, differently, and I haven't heard the words you're using specifically, but it reminds me of talks. Um, mm where we, you know, in the Western world, we rely on our five senses mm. and our five senses are limited, right? Because we know, th we know things exist beyond, we know, you know, I, I can't see this side of my hand, but I know that it's there, but mm -hmm. my senses can't tell me that, right? It's just, there's something else. And, um, that, that was the first thing that this reminded me of what I, what I wrote down when you talked about being a witness was like the magic mm. that happens in when there's nothing, but often what, what it starts with, at least, at least here in, in the U S my experience is it's the most uncomfortable time for people. People don't want the, you know, if, if I get quiet and don't say anything, the first thing I hear is, are you still there? Like there's <laughs> a, there's a panic that maybe you're not there anymore. Um, and, and we, we feed off each other in that, right? We'll fill space. Um, yeah. And we don't allow, uh, we don't even know what could be there. That's, that's mm -hmm. the first thing I heard that. Um, and it, the yeah. second part, the um, reminded me of what happens when you meditate. Mm. You get quiet and something shows up that, you couldn't have thought of it was just something shows up or sometimes it happens when I'm doing yoga, like in the last 15 minutes of a hot yoga class where my mind is finally just like my mind gives up. It's, it's tired of trying to control how I feel and, and my complaints and all that. And it gives up. And then all of a sudden something flows into me, an idea, um, a thought of somebody I need to forgive, you know, as something. Um, yeah. Th those were the two things. And I, um, yeah. 
I love, I also love that you said data only provides what we ask for because mm-hmm. especially on, in, in the U S or in Western culture, data is everything. And what I think what we're seeing in the, in the climate that we live in is data can also mm-hmm. be manipulated sure. to prove whatever you want it to prove. Yes, indeed. And that's where I, if I just may make a point there, I believe intuition is so relevant to our times and helping more and more people develop intuition because you know what authentic intuition does? I'm not talking about fluffy intuition, which is a projection of one's own mind's desires, but real embodied intuition, it speaks to it speaks truth to power. It cuts through the, the projections to actually go to the essence of things and that speaks. And, and so it's a life skill. It's a coaching skill. It's a, it's a, it's a sensing skill that all of us need today, more than ever. Thank you, Alex. That felt like you received me. Yeah. Uh, Christopher, can I say one more thing? It just reminds Please. me of, um, I recently had a conversation with somebody and it was without, I'm not going to say any names or dive into the whole political spectrum of it, but they, mm-hmm. they were telling me using facts of policies and things. And I said, you can, and, and there was a, and I, it speaks to what you just said. It was like, you could give me policies and facts all day long. Mm-hmm. There's something inside of me that says that person yeah. is not right. Yeah. And no matter what you show me, I, in my, like, in my heart, I wouldn't be okay with it. <laughs> sure. And, and I, and I, I have to trust that more than what they list on their website of what they're going to do or not do. Absolutely. Sorry, Christopher, go ahead. No, I appreciate you bringing that. The, when we talk about things like this, I think it's always good to put our real life experience on um, mm. loudspeaker because it makes it more accessible, right? It's one thing to talk about being in the mystery of life. Um, by the way, one of the things that I'd love to share is I was privileged to be in a workshop room with Martha Beck at one point. And she had this great, she had this great exercise where she asked us all to close our eyes, said, look, this won't work if anybody peeks. So close your eyes and really keep them closed. And then if you've ever had an experience that you could not explain, that seemed, um, you know, you knew something you shouldn't have known, or you had some premonition of what was about to happen that then happened, or something moved that shouldn't have moved, or something, anything like that, um, Mm. please raise your hand. And then she said, open your eyes. And literally everyone had their hand raised, right? (laughs) And it was like, oh, oh, there is a mystical part of life that we just, at least in the Western cultures, just completely ignore, you know, and don't don't even acknowledge, right? So um, shout out to Martha Beck. And I I was just uh, thinking about my own experience. Uh, This, I I think I'm speaking to Rohanyet, or as I call it, Mm -hmm. Rihanna. Living from principles and values of the soul. One of the things that I learned early on as a person who grew up uh, pretty poor and Mm. in what might be called a dangerous part of the world or a dangerous environment was to trust that intuitive fear. And if something felt Mm -hmm. not right, get the Mm -hmm. hell out. Mm-hmm. Now, as a as an adult person who's achieved some things and Mm. you know directs some companies, I'm feeling the fear a lot. You know, last year there was a lot of uh, sort of trauma related people I was working with. And so I would wake up with uh, nightmares 
And mm. this this year, as I'm going, we talked about buying a home, I'm waking up with nightmares about the home and I have lots of fear. And normally, mm. historically, this would have said, don't get that house, don't go to those people, right? And yet what I'm doing with it now is a more thoughtful approach of I'm going to walk into the fear, aware of the fear, and continue with my choice and encounter the fear along the way. And, yeah. and so I've, I wonder what you're hearing in that, in that, in other words, am I discounting my intuitive hit or is sometimes those things that we experience as feelings, not necessarily intuition, but a doorway into something else? Mm. Is it clear? Uh, it is. And I'm hearing two things there, Christopher. One, that you are walking into it in a very centered space. So you are in that allowing space which is very important. So you're the other side of Rohan, which is Sakshi Bhav. So rather than doing something or fixing the fear or you know, numbing it out through something else, you're actually meeting it, how it wants to be met. That's really important. The second is, if you allow yourself enough access and permission to your intuition, uh, two amazing things would happen. It would tell you, whether you need to continue being in, in conversation with that fear or you need to move out into some other conversation of life. And the other big one, it will also show you the transformation potential of that. Uh, intuition in its most powerful forms is not only about what is, it's also about what is possible. And that's how deeply it's connected to the paradigm of coaching. So I'm noticing that you you are kind of have this huge opportunity to rake up the intuition there and see what, what happens. I'm enrolled. Sign me up. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is a perfect transition for you to kind of share. It's something I'm like curious about, but you have an intuition. Mm -hmm. and it's an intuition or intuitive coaching program? No, it's, it's just an eight-week uh, developing intuition set of classes where we actually sit consciously and work on the scale of intuition, try and integrate it with rationality, and it can be used in multiple forms, including coaching. But basically, if, if we have had either a very mysterious relationship with intuition or a fearful relationship or a very dear relationship, all of that kind of gets into a place of it just, so that it just becomes normal and we can integrate into our everyday life. So that's what these, I, I used to do it in person in India, uh, in different beautiful power spots, uh, but the pandemic has given me the opportunity to make it online and make it run. So I, I'm excited about now reaching to a much wider base. Uh, we've been doing this work in India and Thailand. So that's, that's what this, this course is about. When does, when does this uh, course start? It's, it starts on October 31st. And we've designed it in such a way that uh, the same class will be held twice and people from all over the world can really sign up if they're interested, right? Where do they go? Where's the website to find out more or sign up? Ah. Uh, so there is a website on, called Design for Essence. Uh, but, you know, uh, all you need to do is write to me at Vikram at designforessence.com. And uh, I will be very happy to share more information on this. Nice. I, can I go back and pick up a very small point? I heard you say that you're providing courses in two mm -hmm. different time zones. And 
as somebody who who is a purveyor of a coach training program across North mm-hmm. America, it's one of the biggest issues we have. You know, I've uh, mm. privileged to work with somebody in Hong Kong who actually mm. has to, you know, is exactly 12 mm. hours opposite. So in New York, we start at 9 a.m. and they start at 9 p.m. Yeah. How do you how do you address that? And do you mm-hmm. have people in in those time zones or do you have some somebody who's okay. willing to work the night shift, so to speak? <laughs> well, you run the same class twice over. Or, or that's that's one practical way that we use. So you know, and 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 that allows for those who are participating to come in twice if they want and and deepen the experience. Uh, and, and and which means uh, you also follow the principle of inclusion and have faculty from all over the world teaching the same thing. Uh, so it brings in the pluralism, multiculturalism, and yet it allows for. Uh, those who want to learn to come in at a time zone that's suitable to them. So that's one way we do it. Uh, there might be other ways uh, that I haven't explored yet. Thanks. Sorry for drilling down on such a minor point when we're talking yeah. about big lofty things. I am I'm grateful. <laughs> Alex, where do you want to go next? You look very intent. Well, I actually was, while you were asking that question, I was looking, I was just like perusing the, uh, the website. Um, we, we should maybe point to that Vikram is very generous and giving three of our listeners three lucky listeners, a complimentary session using intuitive coaching. I don't know about you, but I'd like to elbow somebody out of the way to get that. <laughs> um, uh, Vikram, can we, can we do something very simple like uh, mm-hmm. the first three people to email producer at accomplishmentmedia.com would, or producer at thecoachingshow.com would get those complimentary sessions or do you have a more complicated system? No, like that's, that just works really well. Uh, I'm not great at structures, so what you're recommending works for me. <laughs> great. Everybody, get on the internet. Write your email right now, producer at thecoachingshow.com or producer at accomplishmentmedia.com. And if you are one of the first three, you will get that complimentary session using intuitive coaching. Uh, our time has flown by. And Alex, I know I gave mm-hmm. it to you. What Do you want to the privilege, the opportunity of the final question or one of our final questions? Our, our final question typically is... Uh, you know, what, is there something that maybe you haven't shared or something that you want to share that with the audience, mm-hmm. people listening that, you know, this is like your soapbox moment. Um, nobody will push you off. You have freedom to talk about whatever you want. Well, I felt the freedom through the last one hour. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, well, I often say, and, and then, you know, you, you asked a great question as well as prep to this conversation. I, 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 I say, let's transform at the rhythm of evolution. Uh, which is very different from let's transform in the way our ego or our mind says let's transform. Uh, So let's understand what evolution is about. Let's understand what the planet needs. Let's understand that there are 26% of the world population today who's under 14. And what are they going to be inheriting? And let's also understand that almost 3 billion people live out, you know, in India and China. And, and, you know, there were, you know, 350 million or 400 million people in the US or in North America, little if you kind of increase the population size. So let's start designing for the world. Let's stop designing from North America to the world. Uh, and that's when I'm inviting everybody to start collaborating and partnering. That's, that's something that would be very joyful. Um, that's what keeps me awake at night.
It's beautiful. I thank you so much for the work that you've done and that you continue to do. Thank you for making sure that ACTO is doing their own work as leaders everywhere need to be doing. Um, and it's a privilege to be with you. We should let people know about all the websites. So as you suggested, anyone interested in the Association of Coach Training Organizations can go to actoonline.org. Anyone interested in the work that you're doing through Leadership That Works India can go to mm -hmm. LTW. India, that's L-T-W-I-N-D-I-A dot com. You're also uh, on the board of the Indian Society for Applied Behavioral Sciences, which is available at I-S-A-B, that's the letter B as in boy, S for behavioral, dot org. That's I-S-A-B-S dot org. Anything else you'd like to plug or let people know about with regard yeah, to, for example? I'm sure, I'm sure if they want to reach out to me, they will. So there's that's geez. a lot of information there. And I think it was design for essence. essence. That's the word for F-O-R, essence.com, Vikram, V-I-K-R-A-M. If you'd like to uh, um, find out more about that uh, eight-week program to develop your intuition, which starts on October 31st. And you're even offering somebody a discounted uh, registration for that, true? Yes, I want this to take, I want to take this work to the whole world, so why not? So generous. So the fourth person to email us will get <laughs> will get that. All right. Thank you so much for your work in the world. Thank you for your time today, and especially because it's nighttime there. Anything uh, else for you, Mr. Terranova? No, that was that was great. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. I love that the lighting and behind you has changed as this has gone on, and it now looks like there is a beam of light coming down on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I thank you, and I thank you, Alex Terranova. You can find him at thedreammason.com. He's host of the Dream Mason podcast, of Flip the Lens podcast, the creator of Get Loud, the writer and author of Fictional Authenticity. You can go online to fictionalauthenticity.com and find out more about that. You can't uh, do that. You can't. There is no fictional authenticity.com. What are you doing? Where is it? Where is it? It's I'm at thedreammason.com. Thedreammason.com. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. But Fictional Authenticity is a cool book and uh, gives you the authenticity audit online so you can check your own authenticity, which wow. may not be a bad idea. Um, my name is Christopher McAuliffe. This is The Coaching Show, and I thank you, dear listener, for being with us each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge, people important in the field of coaching, or people you just need to know about. Um, right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. I thank you for your attention and your time, and we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.